0: Welcome to the Unfeigned Faith Bible Study, where we'll be doing a weekly Bible study, typically going through a book of the Bible together, and uh, this will go alongside our regular Unfeigned Faith podcast. Thank you for joining us on this journey. We're in Colossians 1 and uh, verse number uh, number 25, talking about uh, this dispensation of God where we're in right now. And he's going to talk about what the dispensation is, the day and age that we are in today that God is working through and how he's working. And it's different, really, than any other age. And uh, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit. Verse number 27. Um, I'm sorry, 26. Even the mystery, which have been hid from the ages from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. All right? So this, and he's talking about verse 25, this dispensation. What's the dispensation? This ministry, uh, excuse me, this mystery. This time, the church age, the age of grace, however you want to, 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 to put a label on it. And, and the age of grace does not mean the grace of God wasn't present prior, but the fact that we are saved by grace alone through faith alone, it's the full expression of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so so this is a mystery. We're in a mystery age. Paul spoke of it often as a mystery. Nevertheless, I share to you a mystery. Um, and so so this mystery is this church age. The prophets didn't talk about it. Um, it's not included in Daniel's 70 weeks, so we call this kind of the, the time that's kind of put on pause, on hold, while he deals with the Gentiles, the time of the Gentiles, uh, until uh, uh, until the t- clock starts again with the tribulation where he's dealing with Israel, time of Jacob's trouble. This is very important, by the way. If you set aside Israel and you believe in replacement theology, that the church is the new Israel, everything else falls apart. Um, there's confusion about the end time events. There's confusion about these things. And uh, so this puts everything in its proper place when we look at dispensational theology. What does the Bible say? Where are the divisions? How are we rightly dividing the word of truth? All right. So we're in this mystery time, and so even the mystery which have been hid from the ages for the generations, uh, from generations. It, this has been a hidden, this mystery that Paul has been entrusted with uh, and now revealed. Uh, what mystery? The one verse 25 says, I am a minister according to the dispensation of God. He is the apostle of this age. He is the apostle of the church age. That's why all of the letters in regarding doc, church doctrine... Um, Instruction on how the church is to be to operate biblically and all these things—it was from Paul, uh, of course. The Holy Spirit of God is speaking through Paul, but it was given to Paul, and so uh, that's why we have the doctrinal books. That's why we have Romans, Ephesians, First second Corinthians, uh, Colossians, uh, Galatians—all—all all, all these uh, uh, the, the pastoral epistle, epistles uh, for Second Timothy and Titus. These are all instructing the church and doctrines of the church and all these things. This was for the Danish we live in today, and it was given to, uh, to, to Paul through the Holy Spirit of God. And um, and so he says, "Been hid uh, for generations is now made manifest, made brought to light. Verse 27, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. And by the way, this is a mystery. The fact that God, after working with the Israelites, uh, his people, the Jews, for all these years, all of a sudden, going to the dogs, going to the Gentiles, a mystery. And uh, and of course, Paul, of all people, talking about this, a Jew of Jews, a, a Hebrew of Hebrews, a Pharisee, uh, these things. He had, uh, if I can say it this way, he must have had immense national pride. Uh, in fact, he said it this way in Romans. He says, my heart's desire in prayer for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record, they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Uh, They, going about to establish their own righteousness, have have failed to yield to the righteousness of God, which is in Christ. And uh, that's his heart's desire. And they're trying to work their way, and they failed to yield to God's righteousness, which is revealed in Christ. When we get saved, he puts his righteousness into us, not of works. We're trying to work for righteousness. And he says, no, I give you righteousness, a right standing with God. What an awesome truth. But, uh, so now Paul says this is a crazy mystery, because it's going to the Gentiles. It's, it's, you know, and, and, and now in Christ, in the church age, Galatians talks about this, there really is, in Christ, neither Jew nor Gentile, bond nor free, and, and male nor female, and so forth. But, uh, uh, that's not to set aside the nation of Israel Romans talks about that uh, Daniel talks about it, revelation you know uh, that, that's who God's going to be dealing with in the time of tribulation the the, the the time of Jacob's trouble and and Romans talks about this on how he went to the Gentiles for this purpose to provoke Israel to jealousy Wait a minute he's our God what are you and now he's working in you guys he's working you, it's provoked them to jealousy why because they had turned away from God many many times. He says, so I'm setting you aside for a season to chasten you and to, and to provoke you to jealousy that you might want to come back. All right? Not, he hasn't forgotten his people. Uh, uh, in fact, e- even through his people uh, today, even still, the nations are being blessed. But he says, to whom God may know the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, in me. If you're saved, the Holy Spirit God, Christ, lives in in you, saved Gentile, the hope of glory. Christ in me is the hope of glory. By the way, Christ living in me is my hope of glory. The hope that I have to be in heaven. The hope I have to be with God one day in glory. And his glory will be revealed in us, Romans 8 talks about. And so uh, so this is a mystery. You know, wait a minute, we are God's people. We You can know, hear the Jews saying, we are the ones, the promised ones. And he says, yeah, but now Christ is in them. The hope of glory. The hope of the glory of God. And uh, what an awesome truth that is. And by the way, make sure Christ is in you. Make sure you're saved. Make sure you've trusted the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you have been saved and pardoned of your sins and right standing before God. Christ will be in you as the hope of glory. What an awesome truth. Um, Verse 28. Whom we preach. uh, Talking about Christ. The Christ that would be in you. We preach this Christ. Warning every man. Why? Why what's the warning? The warning is the judgment to come. The warning is the wrath of God against the children of disobedience, uh, of whom we once were. Ephesians talks about. We were in that crowd, we were uh in that lost state, ungodly. And uh and he says, We preached to them, telling every man, excuse me, and teaching every man in all wisdom. Remember earlier in the chapter, he prayed for them to have all wisdom. And in and, and this spiritual understanding, he says, we are now teaching every man with all wisdom. We've gotten to the word of God. We are understanding it. And in, and in Paul's case, he's connecting the dots with all the Old Testament and all, the, all this pointing to the person of Jesus Christ and saying, now with that, with wisdom, I'm teaching and declaring to you the riches of Christ, teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Jesus Christ. I love that song. Uh, my wife and I sang it. Uh, we sang it with the church last week. Complete in thee, no work of mine. Could take, dear Lord, the place of thine, the place of his work. And it uh, talks about how I am now, because of the blood of Christ, I'm justified, and one day I'll be glorified. and I'm complete. I'm made perfect in him. And, of course, we're complete in him. comes from the scriptures. It talks about who, how, our position in Christ. We are complete. We looked at a little yesterday about who we are, that position in Christ. We are complete. And uh, and and it says this: uh, You're made perfect. The word "perfect" doesn't mean just that; it means complete, mature, uh, come to its uh, its its fruition, if you would. Um, we are made perfect in Christ. There's nothing left to do. No work have I. Uh, one of the verses in that song: uh, uh, When I stand before the bar, uh, before his bar, the judgment bar, and he talks about you know, no work have I. I I've got nothing to bring. But, but, but Christ has redeemed me. He has saved me. He's made me of value. I am perfected in Christ. Wow. I meet God's standard. It's who I am in Christ. And what a powerful and awesome thought. I am now perfect in Him. And, and how does that happen? The preaching of Christ to every man, teaching with all wisdom, when it is received, may present... Every man perfect in Christ. When the gospel of Jesus Christ has been received, when you have believed on it, what we looked at earlier, how he wants to redeem all things to himself and, and make us perfect, and, and uh, you're holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. Uh, all this stuff. What happens? Once the gospel has been declared with wisdom, that means I, I understand it. It's not just, oh, I heard about it. I understand it. I have then received it by faith. By the way, there needs to be intellect, and there needs to be heart. Uh, belief, faith. I believe it by faith. What happens? I am presented perfect before God. When he looks at me, he doesn't see Aaron and all his sins. He sees perfection. (laughs) I know it's hard to believe, but that's what he sees. He sees because of the blood of Christ, because of the sacrifice and and the imputed righteousness of Christ. He sees his perfect standard. For Christ, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Wow, what a powerful truth. Verse 29. Whereunto? This message and this 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 what he, what he's doing he says, This is his motivation. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Wait, Paul, I thought you said no works, and I thought you were talking about this. No, no, he's not talking about his salvation. He says, he is laboring and striving in his work, in working, which worketh in me, he says, uh, uh, mightily. What's his motivation? He wants to see you saved. He wanted to see his own people saved. God had put a calling on his life, and it was his driving force. And he wanted to get the gospel out. He wanted to be obedient to God. And he, and and he he just kept working and working. And the zeal that he had, striving, he says, that's like a fight striving passionately uh, um, according to his working god working in him and his work was mighty it reminds me and i believe it's first corinthians where he says it's uh he says i labor more abundantly than you all and it's like wow paul bragging much (laughs) Uh, but he says yet not i it's the grace of god working what a bold statement to say the grace of God was so strong in my life, it allowed me to do more than all these others. It was not me. It was the grace of God working in me. All he was looking for is a willing, yielded vessel. I want to ask you, Christian, are you a willing and yielded vessel? Neil Moody told the story when he was young. He was challenged with this thought. He said, the, the, was told, the world has yet to see what a man completely yielded to God can do. And uh, when he approached his, uh, uh, his, his, his the end of his life, he, uh, he made this statement. He said, the world still has yet to see what someone completely and wholly yielded to God can do. Here's D.L. Moody shook two continents for the Lord. Powerful evangelist, powerful preacher. Saw so many souls saved. And yet he, he still believed, I was not that wholly yielded man. Paul says, the grace of God, the work of God worked in him so mightily. Hey folks, God, for a vessel. Looking for someone... who's who's had enough of just saying um, uh, I'm living for themselves, who's had enough of of saying it's all about me and striving for me and making me happy and serving me, I, 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 me, 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 and saying, God, I'm yours. I am your vessel. Use me. The best that I can, I'm surrendering it. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind from from the word of God, that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Uh, A good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Is that us? Is that us today? Are we yielded? Are we a willing vessel? Are we, are we saying, God, use me, O Lord, for your glory. I want you to work mightily in me, that others might be saved. That others can come into the fold. That others can be a part of this, this wonderful blessing, being presented perfect in Christ. Wow. Colossians starts off pretty, uh, pretty powerfully. And, uh, and I hope it's an encouragement to you as we look at this and say, God, Is that me? Is that me? Could could this be me? Whom we preach. Warning every man. Teaching every man in all wisdom. Why? So they can be saved too. We have the negative side. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. We persuade men. There's a great motivation there. But the fact... Boy, my fellow man, you can be saved. There's a God that loves you. There's a Christ that died for you and wants to, to reconcile you to God. We beseech you as Christ's ambassadors, be ye reconciled to God. What a message we have for the nations, for our neighbors, for our friends, for our coworkers, for our family. Folks, God's looking for a willing, yielded vessel. Would you be that vessel? If you've been listening to our Bible studies, I hope they've been an encouragement. Maybe you're here, you're listening in and uh, and there's never been a time where you've trusted Christ as your Savior. He wants to make you complete in Christ. God wants to make you perfect in Him. And I, I just would ask you, would you reach out to me? Would you send me a, a direct message on Facebook here or YouTube or, or wherever it is you're listening from? And uh, I'd love nothing more than to show you from the Bible. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5... Uh, five that these things were written, that you might know, know confidence, hundred percent sure, know that you have eternal life. I would love nothing more than to share that with you. That there is a pardon for sin. There is a there is an opportunity for you and I, with no works of our own, to have a right standing before a holy and just God. And let me just say, there's no greater joy than to pillow my head at night and to know if I take my last breath here. My next breath will be in eternity. For to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I'd love to share that with you. And I hope this is a challenge to you Christians. Why don't you tell someone today? Why don't you warn somebody? uh, You know, a lot of people are at home, quarantined. Uh, Send them a note. Make a phone call. Have a FaceTime visit. And say, you know, you've been on my heart today. Um, Do you know where you're going to go when you die? Do you know if you're right with God? I've got good news to share with you. It's called the Gospel. The word means good news. I'd love to share that with you. I just want to challenge you, be bold, take that step, and that God might work in you mightily. I know that's what I want.